Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. What's exciting is you can get a discount on the big three, which are, Michael? Your wills, your probate, your conveyancing. But you can only find details of that discount on the new, uh, the Monday Club, the Phil Hay Show. Not the Phil Hay Show, that's confusing, isn't it, for people? It's the Phil Hay Monday Club, to give it its official title. The Phil Hay Monday Club Show. Correct, with Phil Hay. What did Flora call it? Uh, the Phil, uh, the, the Phil uh, Sheho. Sheho, that was <laughs> it. Uh, witness that, that was good fun. Thank you to Flora for sitting in for me on the, on the match ball for Forrest as well. Um, where we are dealing with the the aftermath of the aftermath, I guess, here on uh, Propaganda, which is the show where we hear clips from around the football world, find out what's been um, what's been said this week. It's all been jigged around this week because it's Easter and I was away and the bit of midweek game. The eggs have confused everything. Quite uncouth, isn't it, the old midweek football? Well, I was just on my phone now because we're kind of self-employed. I've forgotten on multiple occasions this is a bank holiday and I just was on Twitter and I just saw Jordan Hugel's on a hat-trick. I was like, what? Why, why are games being played now? It's like two o'clock on a Friday. Wait till Monday. Stop it for Christ's sake. You know what's happening Monday? I mean, it is for Christ's sake as well because it's Easter. Yeah, yeah. So not, not more championship games. Another full programme of championship games. It's how they've done it this year is Give it Good rest, Friday lads. and Easter Monday. We, we must Champa. never, we must never go back. Good job we're not involving ourselves with all that. No, we're well clear of it. Well, we are now, thanks to this week's midweek shenanigans. Mm. I'm fully in favour of midweek games if we uh, win them like that. Luis Sinistera scores sexy goals. Sexy football, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? I, uh, I managed to watch it on the visual radio from uh, my base, at my lair in mm. Derbyshire. Did you have Paul Robinson then? Yes. Because a lot of people didn't appreciate his commentary. No. No. He was no. slugging off Junior Furpo. And... He just made things up as well. He was just saying things that I think were in his head that, that bore, bore no resemblance to reality. Fair enough. Which uh, which is often the case. Right, so where are we starting then, Michael? Do we want to get in? Because we won and we're all everyone's happy now. Yeah, we'll, we'll start on the um, the Leeds fans. What, what's that noise, Michael? I'm just having a drink. What are you having a drink of there for the... <laughs> Benefit of anybody who's not on the video oh, these, version. Oh, got some, I suppose I've got some stacks in front of me as well, haven't I? I, I, didn't, I didn't notice that on th- for the video. That's, um, yeah. Uh, now I'm, I'm having a boost. <laughs> Absolutely shameless. Just having a nice sugar-free boost. No, no. Don't knock them over, please. No, There's Moscow. expensive equipment around. No. And plus, I'm going um, to have another one in a bit, so I don't want it, I don't want it fizzing up. You're not planning to sleep for the Easter weekend, or? Ah, drink boost, everyone. You wanna... <laughs> Hang on a second, right? Before we get into this and play, play on the clip, yeah. why are you doing this? Oh, I mean, no, no, actually, I know why you're doing it. I, I, just, I can tell exactly why you're doing it. Just because I want the fancy to boost. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you seem to have a stack of six cans of it in front of you. Yeah, maybe I do. So what? So what? No, they, or they, or, in your hand. Either that or they sent me some freebies. It's up to you to, to be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you find him embarrassing, Moscow? Yeah, I'm really intrigued because if you're going to advertise them, you need to make sure is the selling point like a really strong, sturdy can. Like, how hard can you throw them and they'll still survive? Is that something we should test now? Yeah, I thought you were going to suggest smashing it on my head. In the way, I mean, like, um, that could be another... I think that's who's what the, it who's is. the wrestler that did that? All of them at all some them. point. I think they've all had a, a, a can of different drinks smashed off of their faces. It's the sugar-free one, anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, that might, that's great, then. <laughs> Why have Boost sent you a freebie? Uh, I'm chatting to them about getting some freebies for the walk. Right, okay. That's the charity walk uh, we're doing, is it? Yeah. Yeah, right. so now we know the real reason why you're doing that. 
Oh, so it's all for charity. <laughs> right. And not because they've sent you a lot of free stuff. I'm, I'm bathing in this stuff. I don't well, know. No, no, the charity is so that you can get the free stuff. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, these aren't a lot of them. Have you seen the fridge out there? Uh, I haven't been in. There's, this is just the tip of the ice of the boostberg. <laughs> You've not seen the van outside yet. It's bursting. <laughs> right, let's crack on anyway, with it. Anyway, yeah. Um, Absolutely. I have some Leeds Megamix clips. Yeah, loads of people sent stuff in. Apologies if we've not got around to yours. Why? The ones that you didn't put in, is it because you hate those people? Uh, yeah, it's because that personal vendettas, hate people's voices, that sort of stuff. <laughs> Particularly the Americans. I know you've got a real agenda against our 100%, yeah. transatlantic cousins. Well, in the ground, it got tenser than it needed to be in the second half generally, especially towards the end of the game. But we were better than them, weren't we? You know, I think I said to the lad next to me after a game that actually, if you're watching that game as a neutral, I don't think Forrest ever looked like getting back into the game in the second half particularly, but we're a little bit scarred and obviously we're down where we are for a reason. But we had to have it. We did. Big performances all around. Harrison, Sinistera, Rocker, McKenney, Junior, Furpo. Yeah, had to have it. And if we can beat Palace now on Sunday, we're well on the way, aren't we? Bloody hell, that was so stressful. Oh my God, the first 12 minutes, like when we looked amazing and then they scored and oh, the whole thing, just so tense. But you know what? We won. We had it. Three points. We won. Oh, and didn't, like, the boys just looked so good. Like, Sinny, oh, I'm just so happy to have him back. That man is a star. Oh, McKenney, such a delight. Rodrigo, happy to have him back. I know he's not scored this game, but, you know, he looked good. He looked better. Loved seeing him in the stands with the fans, even if he didn't actually meant to end up there. And, oh, my God, my boy, my boy, Furpo. Wasn't he brilliant? Defending, assisting. Screw you, Paul Robinson. The midfield plays well. We win, and Elon Melier doesn't have to save us. Imagine that. What a win. What a win. Although it's still making it difficult for ourselves to a degree, going one down. But I thought atmosphere was, was great when, you know, equalise at the right time. I thought Furpo was unbelievable again. That tackle when, when they were one-on-one. He's turning into a real, real good player. You know, just good that a manager can actually play to his strength. I thought Harrison ran his, ran his socks off for us again, but oh my word, Sinistera. What, what a player he, he could be now and, and hopefully stays fit enough to, to guide us home because that, that was some performance. Question marks beforehand. Well, no more question marks now. If you told me two months ago that Junior Furpo would be a world beater and a cult hero, I would think you were talking absolute bonkers. But that's what it is, and it's a grassier revolution. If you look at the rest of the squad as well in that Forest game, the way Rocker was playing, Sinistera, Harrison, Stroik, McKenney, all playing absolutely exceptional, so we just need to keep it up. What a win that was, Lance. Like Moscow said, wasn't even worried when they went 1-0 up. Uh, thought Rocker and McKenney both had their best performances for us. And if Jack Harrison could turn into Prime Pablo Hernandez more often, that'd be brilliant. Roll on Palace. Fucking go on. Wits, 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 wits. That's the fucking difference. You see how the wits we had? We got these amazing wings. Sinistera, Harrison, play the ball out wide to them. And they fucking create stuff. They cause problems. That's what happens when you play with wits. None of this narrow shit that we had from fucking marsh balls, testicles, man. Just, ah, oh, so good. It's like having a fucking bath when you stink. It's fucking brilliant. Night of surprises down at Ellen Road. Uh, a must-win game that we, we actually won. Junior Furpo getting his name sung by the by the Allen Road crowd. I thought that I'd hear that happen. John Joe Shelby didn't score against us, which is great. And the, the biggest prize of all uh, was the, the new hand drives in the men's toilet in the cop. At this rate, we're going. If we beat Crystal Palace on Sunday, they'll, they'll scrape off the, the piss and chlamydia testing stickers <laughs> from your animals as well. Ah, revolution is underway. The Javi Gracia revolution. Can I ask about Sinistero? Because I only saw this on the visual radio through a couple of beers and otherwise being distracted from my uh, lair in Derbyshire. Was he that good? Yeah, he was ace. First half. Yeah. In particular. Um, Did he get a bit tired? Yeah, I think so. He was 
he's got a thing where instead of, I keep thinking, I'm getting used to it now, that he's messed everything up because he gets the ball and he could go down the outside and he kind of rejects it and you think, oh, what are you doing? And what he's doing is he's lining up the defenders to beat two of them going inside. Every single time you think, he's almost making it harder for himself. And then... Because he can. Yeah, and then he just sways between two of them and he's off and it's um, it's amazing. And he looked... And if this is him in the the state of fitness where he can only play 70 minutes and probably maybe a bit less because I think he did fade a bit in the second half or he was just further away from me then yeah he could be really good and it made me remember earlier in the season when we did all think this guy's better than Rafinha ever was um, it was getting to that point with some of the comments you remember the goal against Brentford where we had we were 2-0 down took a throw in just before half time clips it over their defender and before anybody's even expecting the shot just sticks it in the bottom corner. Everton, when we were a goal down and nobody was doing anything, he gets the ball, sticks it in the bottom corner. Did it against Barnsley as well. Just, he's, he's got the thing of being incredibly skillful, incredibly exciting to watch, and incredibly effective. And that was the other thing against Forrest, is we needed that second goal, because we only scored two. They got one, I noticed that. Yep, they'd already scored one. We had one. And we didn't, I think, a few. if there is criticism of how we played against Forrest, it's that we weren't clinical. You know, Bamford had the chance in the penalty area when he was on his own and uh, we didn't make too many other clear-cut chances. Forrest were uh, attacking more in the second half, trying to get back into it, but we needed probably, well, who knows what would have happened if he hadn't scored it, but Sinistero doesn't worry about those sorts of things. It seems to me he just gets the ball and just scores. It's like, great, keep I, doing I that. like that. That's a good idea. Mm. I mean, what, what would you advise somebody to do who is an attacking player in football? Um, yeah, do that. Just do what he did. Pick it up and... Pick it up, run with it, beat someone, put it in the corner. Right. Yeah, very good. I, I'm going to um, use this opportunity to to highlight a listener's comments, if you'd like. Stitch him up, really, truth be told. Go on, After Arsenal, we're not, and we're not doing heroes and villains as in the normal format and everything this week because of it. Easter Bunny. But um, after the <laughs> Arsenal game, Jason Kay got in touch. She said uh, he nominated Sinistera, a lazy bastard, Mark Rocker, a useless stocking of shite, his agent is incredible at his job and Strouk people genuinely believe he's a competent footballer all three of them absolutely brilliant against Forrest <laughs> <laughs> things can change a lot in a week there you go they? under the bus <laughs> it's interesting on Sinistero though because he didn't look fit against Arsenal but you do wonder if maybe we just went well just play him and he can get some fitness because he's, mm. he's good enough that maybe we need him back and playing so just if he, if he has to have half a game against Arsenal where he doesn't out because he's not really fit and he has, can only do half a game against uh, against Forest, but it gets him fit for Palace, gets him fit for Liverpool for the upcoming games. Just get him ready for it because he, he that, is because he is one of our he is possibly our best player. It's that thing in it about squad management, and we ride this ridiculous roller coaster from game to game of emotions. Yeah, and when we lose, it feels like the world's caving in. Then we win and we feel on top of the world. And Grassy just seems to kind of just he just ebbs and flows. It's like yeah, I'll give him some minutes there because I've got one eye on what's happening next week. No need to be alarmed, anybody. It's like the the second half of the Arsenal game was exactly that. All the subs that came on seemed to be just players getting... Uh, he did say, he's like, oh, we needed to score, so I was putting more attackers on the pitch. But Bamford coming on, Rodrigo came on as well, didn't he? Um, we weren't realistically going to get back into the match by the time those players were coming on, but they got more match fitness in a Premier League match. So it's just good, sensible stuff. And maybe that's what he's doing with Bamford. Right. And maybe that's why he made Bamford stay on for nearly the mm. whole game suffering while his legs buckled underneath him by the end because he just couldn't run anymore. Well, I was going to jump uh, into Forest Fan TV, but because you mentioned Bamford, should we get the clip on of Bamford? Yeah, because a few people got in touch about him and then we've got a Forest, um, a Forest clip to to provide the other view on it as well. Just to be uh, the man who was saying width, width, width and then went on about having a bath after you're really, really Which dirty. Which very good. He's, he's also on this this clip about Bamford. Now he, he did. He sent several messages because there's a time limit on, um, oh, on how long. So he'd he'd bypass gaming that. Gaming the system. We're not to encourage this. And, and on one of them, he did explain that he'd, he'd had six pints by this point. <laughs> so that's why. So just be aware that that's We're not going to on. encourage that either. Well, you listen to He's his clip. Have six cans of anything. What should he be drinking? Shh. No boost or no. Not astonish. No <laughs> boost. Boost. A can of astonish. Right here we go. Well, hooray! Scott White, the Kentucky Yorkshireman. Grafia continues to show the noose we need to get some points. But how can we defend Bamford any longer? 
He it cannot be. We could he could have killed the match easily. I want to say it was around sixty or sixty-two minutes when he had that gorgeous opening. Other times he muffed it, just picked the wrong pass or wasn't able to shake the defense. Helps on the way. Obviously, three points is all that really matters today, but I just thought Bamford was extremely poor. He may have run around a lot and held the ball up from time to time, but God, he's a poor striker. He's just a shadow of his former self. And how he lasted 90 minutes on the pitch, no idea. I do love Bamford. I've kind of got like, um, you know, we all love him because he's been with us for a long time. A bit like a your favourite pair of underpants. But he's a bit poo sometimes. Like, you know, you get a little bit of like, Sharted in your pants, and you're looking at it. It's, it's that little bit of shart in your pants, but I still love him. He's familiar. I just wish he was that much better. I just wish he was better. Please be better, Bamford. Please be better. Because Rodrigo's waiting and he's going to take your chance, and Rodrigo's great sometimes and crap other times. But please be better, Bam Bam. I love you. But pass properly and shoot and score. Please. Yep. Tired and emotional. Yeah, I think I was most confused by um, the shots. By no, by the no. by Kentucky Kentucky auctionman. Some interesting ways of pronouncing noose and nouse things. Yeah, and also gorgeous opening and muffing it as well. You know, the big game that we win and everybody's really <laughs> happy. And then why is it all about? Well, who is? How can we defend the defend him from what? What were we going after somebody for? I mean, we won. It was fine. I think um, I was a bit weirded out by Bamford in the first half in particular because he just didn't seem sharp in the box whatsoever. And I think he's sort of the other, he's a bit of the other side of the Jackie Harrison question as well. Because I was watching, since the Chelsea game when Harrison was awful, I watched him more carefully against Brighton and watched him more carefully against uh, Forrest as well, which was easy because he was brilliant. Some of the crosses he puts in that people kind of sigh at because they don't go to a player, they're really good. They're just, it's right. Because when you're a winger, a lot of it's like stick it into the right area um, with the right amount of pace and hope that your striker is on it. And there was a few of those where he's putting like a really dangerous ball, nobody there. And so you can say, all right, well, Jackie, stop crossing it to nobody. But also the other side of that is, well, why isn't the striker just on it? And if um, maybe if we had a more kind of, Maybe a fully fit Bamford or a different striker, Harrison might look better. Kind of his those crosses would 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 get to somebody. But then, so I was a bit confused by Bamford by half time that he wasn't really. There was seemed to be these good crosses going in and some high looping balls as well that he was going like not very interested in. But then second half in particular, when we were under it a bit more and we needed to get upfield, just getting the ball up the other end was absolutely fine. We needed that to happen. So and he did it. And then from that situation as well, we'll either get up there. And he wasn't always getting as much help because there was times when um, we were breaking and it was quite, if we're talking about difference from the previous manager, Grathia was coming to the edge of his penalty area and going to Strout and sometimes Furpo or anything going like, don't go, don't break, stay back um, to keep it at 2-1. So there's not the same wealth of options and the same gung-ho, everybody going forward to help each other thing. A lot of it was Bamford being on the ball running upfield and then having maybe one or two players in the distance to try and pick out and he couldn't. But it didn't matter because he did. He eased the pressure and we won. So who would have thought that me of three years ago would be here defending Pat Bamford? I, um, I feel like I've turned around on Bamford as well because in the, in the late championship days I was like, just play Tyler Roberts for a bit. Just give him a break for God's sake. Whereas now we've got Rodrigo on the bench who's proven he can score quite a lot of goals this year and I'm like, well, I can still sort of see why we're playing Bamford. But maybe, I mean, in this game, we obviously didn't need to win it in the second half. But if Bamford has an hour, ties himself out, ties them out, and then Rodrigo comes on and can take advantage of a bit of space. That's what a squad is, isn't it, Michael? Mm. Yeah. We had that that theory as well um, that we mentioned on the match ball of maybe we ran him into the ground against Forest, and then Rodrigo can run himself into the ground from the start against Palace. And we've got uh, Ruter waiting to relieve either of them, who, um, again, we've not really seen much of him in front of goal, but he can do that running upfield with the ball and just getting away from trouble business. So going through it with those players, it's the same as we don't know how fit Nyonto was, but just not bringing him on because we didn't have to. So he could be, Nyonto um, has been since he arrived pretty much our best player, but we were 2-1 up 
not really looking like we needed him to come on and score another goal. So leave him on the bench to get his uh, poorly ankle better. It's fine. And so the work that Bamford put in and that big chance, yeah, I mean, it's it should have been just take a breath, stick it on your right foot, slot it past the goalkeeper. It's 3-1, everything's happy. He snatched at it with his favoured left foot, tried to take it too quickly, wasn't expecting it to come, made the wrong decision. We'll move on. It doesn't mean he's a, he's a terrible player or that we have to particularly find somebody. That's the thing, going looking for trouble. Find somebody who will defend this man. We don't have to scapegoat somebody every time, do we? I mean, yeah. what I was going to say about Bamford, two things. First thing is, going back to the Bamford of three years ago, he's since banked a lot of credit with us because he was part of the team that got us promoted. He then came up and scored a lot of goals in the Premier League that kept us in there and helped us towards a ninth place finish. So he's banked a lot of credit so we can all step back a little bit from from Patrick Bamford. We've also seen a, an extended period without him in the team as well. And there's the work and rate. And generally speaking, yeah. it it was not good. So yeah, well, I was going to say that, uh, what we were saying there, the, the work rate banks him a lot of credit as well, even if his finishing does let him down. The second point I was going to say was, I do wonder if he's a little bit, just in his own head quite a lot, Bamford. And there's the added thing about playing against Forrest, who's his childhood club, the club he supports. When that ball breaks to him in the area... He's got Stern John in his ear. Yeah, he's thinking, oh, this is my chance to bank a goal against Forrest, mm. which is what I want more than anything else. And actually, you've seen him, he's at his best when he's been instinctive and not thinking. And he is prone to missing quite a lot of chances, but, you know. But he's always seen that. He's been quite hard. Since he's been here, well, two broken knees in his first season, but then tried to replace him with Enketia, who was the big Ryan Edmondson should be in the team instead of him. <laughs> there was Tyler Roberts, uh, Rodrigo, um, Jean-Kevin Augustin. Who? Yeah, exactly. Although he's, you know, scoring again in Switzerland. And who else? He's seen off a lot of players. Gelhart is out on loan. Um, I mean, Rodrigo, to an extent, who was getting put in at 10 yeah. instead of that. Rutter's come for 30 million and we're still like, oh, Bamford's the, the main striker. And he, he does, um, he's missed when he doesn't play. And then even, there's a there's an element of Harrison to this as well. It's like the credit for the things that they do right does not necessarily get them as far as it should. No. Hey, I'm interested. To, let's say this from Gary Baldy Red then, Forest Fan Channel, who have a view on Bamford as well and, and maybe to see it from the outside. I think the manner in which Leeds set up with Patrick Bamford as an out-and-out nine, I was really impressed by his hold-up play yesterday. And without having um, the archetypal striker that can hold up the ball and bring those three attacking midfielders into play in the manner that, that Leeds did yesterday, whilst having two reliable, dependable, holding midfielders who are a bit more advanced than Forrest's, but far more able to play a quick ball accurately under pressure was the, the key difference for me. I have to say I was impressed by elements of the um, Leeds performance. There were still more questions than answers for me from Forrest. There we go. We did well according to Forrest. Yeah. So I mean, you compare him to any of the strikers that... Um, uh, Forest had. Have you got the squad list up there? Yeah, I'm trying to find. I mean, I suppose <laughs> that'll need to be propaganda extra, won't it? Dennis was on the wing, but he was terrible. That num- the number nine that came on that Furpo tackled when he was through on goal. I mean, we- that was that was some dreadful. Oh, can we talk uh, about Furpo? Forward play. Um, the Renee. Yeah. Well, you you look through your list, and we'll talk I think about I'm doing, Furpo. Right? I mean, Andre Aoyu didn't uh, contribute a great deal. He came on, didn't he? Did he come on? I think he came probably. On. Quick word about Furpo and the Renaissance that he's enjoying. I mean, let's face it, nobody saw this coming, did they? It, it looked like a complete busted flush. Yeah. He's de- he defends differently somehow. I don't know, I, I Is was it because he's been told how to? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it is possible. Because you did used to look at him and how square he'd stand to a def- uh, winger running straight at him and you'd think, if he knocks it past you, you're, you're screwed because of the way you stood. And he just seems to be... And on that, you'd expect Bielsa to fix that, wouldn't you, given his attention to body shape and stuff like that? Mm. You would have thought, oh, Bielsa would be able to fix that. Not yeah. when he was injured, though. No, but that's what, what I'm saying is that... Yeah, we, maybe we, we all distilled it into something far more simple than it is, or it was. It's it's a co- more complex issue in terms of moving country, getting fit, carrying injuries, understanding tactics, finding a tactical system that asks uh, less of him or leaves him less exposed, I don't know. And not being injured all the time. Yeah. I think a lot of it this season has been quite unfair to Furpo because all he's really done is get injured in pre-season and not play. So kind of like, why hasn't he got better? Well, how is he going to get better if he's just trying to sort his legs out so that he can actually play some games? And that was the the whole thing that this is the first period where he's played more than five games in a row. Um, is, that about, is it about four years? I think two or three 
at least two years, if not four, something like that. He's not um, certainly since he's been here. It's not only due to form. He's not because he's been dropped all the time. Because he's been injured all the time, and so there's been no chance for him to um, improve. And he was talking on uh, the Pat Bamford show that um, that Pat isn't on anymore. That he <laughs> this was, is the Legion United um, podcast, by the way. That he's he's caught up with things like the changes in training. That he's it, um, I think he was talking about him taking different vitamins. That he's just found the things that um, he never needed to do when he was playing in Spain. He's met the the challenge that's been facing him in the Premier League, and between his legs being constantly just muscle injury, muscle injury, knee injury, um, all the time, has found the things that he needs to improve to give him some actual chance of being um, a good player and learning, not just learning the things he needs to do, but getting the chance to actually practice doing them. So I think it's just taken longer than we would have liked for it to fall into place. But um, the nature of football these days is. is that we want everything yesterday as well, don't we? Yeah. So, so we're all probably guilty of that to a, to an extent. But you know, but the, I, I don't think it's unrealistic though to expect that he would have played well within the first eighteen months. Yeah, no, absolutely, no, no, fair which enough. He never, which he never did. But as you say, so. you can't you can't legislate for being constantly injured. It's a frustration that fans blame players for. So why is he he's constantly knackered? We've signed a crock, and that's mm. the the default sort of mm. position on it, isn't it? And you do think as well how long the takeoff period can be for a player. How long did it take before Berardi was regarded as a good Leeds player? His first two seasons, at least people used to cringe when he came on the pitch because we were waiting for him to just take a booking or murder somebody or do something stupid. Click for spent a year in um, a different league because he was just like completely ruined. And then second season, he comes in, he's a hero. So it can take just, you know. Time. There's hope for Dan James yet. There is. There is. Yeah. Tyler Roberts next season player of uh, (laughs) of the year let's pick up the pace then and find out what Forest Fan TV made of the whole sorry situation we're just so bad (laughs) we make everybody else look good I think somebody put that in the comments earlier that we made Leeds look good did you think Leeds were any good tonight Jack? well they're better than us (laughs) (laughs) this is true (laughs) most of the season I thought really that Leeds have been awful and I thought tonight we'll definitely get something but we we yeah. made them look like Barcelona or something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> even even at the city ground though, remember a few weeks back, they yeah, did yeah. outplay us. Yeah, they really did, did, didn't they? Finish, yeah. It was yeah. thanks to Jono's wonder strike from the edge of the box that um, you know got yeah. got it up there. But it's... we've said for a while, haven't I, that our home form isn't as good as people talk about it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. because it, 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 we've been lucky. Yeah. We have been looking a lot of games at home, and I think we just found out. There you go. That makes me feel happy. They're in a strange spot of the Forest fans. We've just been recording with Phil and he said um, that they've Cooper is kind of their Bielsa in terms of what he's done for the club and taking them out of the Championship after so long. And they're in that split of going, well, if he was sacked, you could kind of understand it, but no one outright wanting to say, yes, he should go. And I can kind of see where they're coming from on it because I almost want... I know they were all fully expecting him to be sacked, actually. The... the um, the day after this because this was recorded on the night of the game and I was thinking it'd probably be good if they did sack him because then they would struggle to get anyone else in they've still got like 40 players they did say actually on this they've used 40 players this season of Forest, which is just it's to quote Steve Nichol ah, it's not sustainable no, and you, well, you also got the, the example of uh, Chelsea who are the like the richer even mm. richer version of it yeah so I was I was kind of hoping they would they would actually sack him but yeah they're, they're just a bit sad Forest. I was hoping they'd be a bit more swivel-eyed lunacy, but they were just all a bit depressed at being not very good. Oh, it's nice and to maybe, not be depressed, though, isn't and it? And I think maybe the realization there as well that maybe some of the games they've won, they've got a bit lucky in. Because I know, I know, we, it was the end of Jesse Marsh, which was probably probably a good thing. And our second half performance was abysmal there, but we did still deserve something from that game. There's not a chance they deserved to, but to he, beat us. He mentioned it. Yeah. Well, speaking of Chelsea, anyway, uh, he's back, isn't he? Like a disgraced Tory minister. He is. He's, had, he's had to have a little bit of time out. Yep. On the back benches, but now he's he's there again, where he should be. So this is um, this is Frank talking about it and about why he was a good choice. I'm confident in myself. <laughs> I have a good understanding of the the squad. Of course, I've worked with a lot of them before, but also the the training ground, the stadium, the fans, what Chelsea fans want. So he knows the stadium. He knows stadium. The... You cannot cannot underestimate knowing the stadium, can you? No, like so. There's a goal at one end, goal yep. at the other, dugouts sort of around the middle where the tunnel is. 
don't know what Maury needs to know, really. Where the, where the have you seen, is. you know, about... Don't even need you sat and have to find a training ground. Roughly between those two goals at the end of the pitch. Yeah, there's a spot in there. Halfway line. Yeah, so he's, he's got it all... Uh, it, the mental picture that he's going in there is uh, is very easy. He's, he'll obviously be blotting out all the players who were there before who hated his guts mm-hmm. and just focusing on... Um, there's Mason Mount likes him, isn't there? So that'll be fine. So it'll just be <laughs> make Mason Mount captain and tell all the other lads, like, listen to Mason, you're with me at uh, Derby um, when we lost in the playoffs. And I don't know why he's got... Um, <laughs> who did I used to give a Cockney accent to? It wasn't a Cockney. Chris Wilder. Yeah. I don't know why Chris Wilder isn't in there. I know he's taken over at... Um, Chris Wilder as... Um, wherever he's gone. He's a better qualified manager than Frank Lampard. Yeah. He I'm has, a better he, qualified. He has success on his CV, which Frank Lampard does not. I'm a better qualified manager than Frank Lampard. But anyway. But isn't Lampard just the complete embodiment of this country and how it functions? <laughs> just failing upwards. Just and, rampant failure and yeah, being given mm, more chances. Th- just through connections and a, and a client media. It's also the complete lack of imagination mm. of anybody who works within football. And it kind of, um, it's across the whole thing. And, and if you think, we was talking about Nottingham Forest then, and it's, I wonder if fans are maybe catching up to this a bit more. Obviously not at Chelsea because they're all just like, Chelsea have just completely bought into it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What were you saying about Nottingham Forest before with the fans thinking Steve Cooper's sort of their Bielsa and really appreciating the job he's done and thinking the fans at Forest seem to be thinking longer term we only got, came up this season this guy took over as manager when we were bottom of the championship took us up completely unexpectedly we don't really expect to be in the Premier League in the first place so if we go back down keep this manager who is obviously very highly regarded very capable has done a brilliant job we all really like him and then we can sort of have a season in the championship with all the parachute payments that come up, bring us back up again properly and do it. So you've got the fans with this very sensible, pragmatic approach to relegation and um, how to build a club. And then you've got the owner who's going, I'm sacking him. No, I'm sacking him. Hold me back. Hold me back. I'm sacking him. Because he's sacked three already in uh, his club in Greece. And it's all just, and it's the same with them. Um, nobody in football has got a better idea than Leicester. Well, what are we going to do? Brendan Rodgers isn't really, the team's not playing very well. Well, Brendan Rodgers has been brilliant for us for four years. Okay, let's sack him and put somebody from his backroom team in charge because there's no other managers available. So we don't have a better idea than not having Brendan Rodgers in charge. And yet we run multi-million pound businesses and we've, we, you know, we do all this stuff and worldwide companies are under our control. And we can't think of anything more intelligent to do than just the inverse of what's happening now. Not Brendan Rodgers will be better. And same at Palace, where it's going to get Roy Hodgson back. Same at Chelsea, except all the fans are loving it with the billionaires going on. I genuinely cannot think of a better idea than just going back to the guy who failed a couple of years ago with the same players and seeing what if he can win the Champions League. And it's just, it goes, I felt this with Bielsa when, because Bielsa was obviously somebody I didn't want 
sacked. I was just, I was thinking it then that surely football should have evolved to a point where there's a better idea than just sacking the manager. Maybe there's something else we can do. Is there something you change about training or the tools you give him or the way that the job and the work is done? I don't know what it is, but people who are presumably very intelligent and put themselves in the position of power to run the things just don't have a better idea than me sitting in a pool going, just fucking sack him then. And then, yeah, so that's how Lampard just gets back into the uh, the job is because you've got billionaire idiots who apparently don't... I mean, I don't know if I believe this story that uh, Bowley didn't know he had to qualify for the Champions League. But then again... But it's that's not, the depth of knowledge where it's just, I cannot think of anything better to do. It's not beyond this. It's not beyond possible, is it? And that's the only thing that matters really in this is that if Bowley wasn't sure, wasn't yeah, yeah. fully aware of it. I mean, I think their model is very much uh, built on them needing to be in the Champions League, their financial model. And they're not going to qualify for it unless they win it. And who Which better? doesn't bear thinking about Because uh, I was imagining, because the, the rights for that game are BT Sport, Correct. I believe. Yep. And who will be presenting that? Ah, yes. His, uh, his, so yeah, can you imagine... Inventor of the podcast. Can you imagine the inventor of the podcast, Jake Humphrey, commentating on Frank Lampard lifting... The Champions League. And Rio Ferdinand in the studio as well. Ah, oh, brilliant. Rio Ferdinand, who, uh, you know, has the great experience of having recorded a sex tape with Frank Lampard. Mm. So it's really Very just, familiar with him. Yeah, you know. I know Sky Sports had his cousin on to talk about his appointment as well, which was nice. And Jamie Redknapp on there saying he, he thought it was... Uh, Uncle Larry as well. He thought it was, good, thought it was a good idea. So that was, so that was good. Anyway... Doesn't bear thinking Of normal it. people anyway, it's, just, it's obviously a stupid idea, isn't it? So you'd have to be... You'd have to be a bit of a fuckwit to think this was a... Was a, a, oh, a good day, wouldn't you? Absolutely. So, should we hear from one? <laughs> yes. I think this could truly be the greatest day of my life. Bearing in mind that I've had a child and I'm married, I think today is the greatest day of my life. I'm coming at you live and direct from Dublin. I'm playing poker in Dublin. I'm having a fantastic time, but it has just got better. Frank Lampard is in line to become Chelsea manager again. And this is just the news I needed. I've been incredibly scathing towards the new ownership. I haven't been behind the Todd Bowley project. I think he has made error after error after error until today. Today, he's got it right. Today, my club feels like mine again. My club feels whole again. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the most sensational news in the world. Frank Lampard, John Terry, Ashley Cole, all back at Chelsea to guide us to number three. We are going to Istanbul with Frank Lampard in charge to win the European Cup. Rory Jennings makes me sad. None of it's sincere. Why is, is he it? doing this? None of it's real. You can you can you can hear it in his voice. It's not authentic that he holds that opinion, is it? Why is he? Imagine wanting as well as Lampard. Imagine being so pleased that John Terry and Ashley Cole were back. I mean, every well. every club has a selection of bastards who you who are lionised by the fan base and hated by other clubs. That's fair enough, right? We understand that. Who have we got? Um. Leads. Can't think of anybody who's hated any elsewhere. We don't. Have, we don't have a John Terry. I don't think. But John Terry's a very particular example of bastardry, isn't he? Hmm. Possibly so. People just generally hate players for playing for Leeds. Yeah, you but that's not do anything. Yeah, exactly. That's not. That's not. Um, it, were, the, were those all involved in the the nine eleven piss up as well? Those three. John Terry was. John Terry was. I don't think Cole was. There, was no, Jody Morris. Of course, he should, Jody be, Morris. He should be back. Although yeah. Frank seems to have ditched him. Because he didn't take him to Everton. Mm. So that um, particular duo has been split up. <laughs> anyway, sure, he, the reason he thinks Lampard will do well seems to be based upon him playing. Whatever. So we needed somebody that can do a miracle. And anybody that was in Munich, like I was, knows Frank Lampard is capable of a miracle. Anybody that was at Stamford Bridge when Chelsea played Bayern Munich and saw the goal that Lampard scored on the swivel, on the volley, past Oliver Kahn, knows Lampard is capable of a miracle. It's a different job though, isn't it? It's a different job scoring goals. I mean, it is. Is, it, is Easter time for miracles? He was pretty good at scoring goals. Yeah. I've not seen any, I've seen lots of evidence of that, all the goals that he scored. You can watch them. I've not seen any evidence that he's a good manager. No. I've seen lots of evidence that he's quite bad at it. Get but, Tony Yeboah back for us. This, this clown... He turned around at the start of the season and said that Haaland w- wouldn't score goals and it was disrespectful to suggest that he would. Everybody knows that's just, that was silly and he said it because it was silly and it garnered attention because he's a silly man, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, anyway, so he's talked about there about Lampard as a player, obviously. Oh, just, can he, I just play it so we can get to the He does talk about this. him as a manager too. 
He's actually done something truly incredible as a manager. And this is where I think it's very snide on Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard is, in my opinion, a very good manager. Frank Lampard has proven to be a very good manager. People are very snide about what Lampard achieved at Chelsea. So people are snide, and this is why. And he just went back to the point that people are snide. Because <laughs> actually, if you think about it, he did well not getting Derby promoted, getting Chelsea to finish where they always finish, and then nearly I mean, taking Everton down. Derby from sixth to sixth. Yeah, and, and took Chelsea from fourth to fourth. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's all selective, isn't it? Because you talk about the Chelsea things, he was going on. Well, there was the transfer embargo, and he had three. They only they could only sign a few uh, fifty million pound footballers when that was so. What a struggle he had, and then um, Everton is you ignore what happened this season and you just go on about oh, you know, nobody could have saved that club last season. He kept them in the the Premier League, and you know he was always uh, the the things that were going on behind the scenes were um, no manager would be able to to defeat them apart from possibly Sean Dyche. So. That's how it works. Is it's very selective. Is you just Derby was his training wheels. You couldn't expect him to uh, to do any better than he did at Derby. And then Chelsea is if you ignore the bad parts, he did very well. Mm-hmm. And Everton, <laughs> if you ignore the bad stuff, he did brilliantly. He saved the club. So that's how it works. Can I make a prediction? Mm-hmm. Chelsea currently eleventh in the table at the time of recording on thirty nine points. Uh, I think he'll take him from eleventh to eleventh, and it'll be lauded as a success because people will say he stabilised them as they needed to be stabilised because under Graham Potter, they were only going one way. That's he, what The thing I'll... is, he probably will do marginally better than Graham Potter, but that's not saying much because the players obviously have known for a while that Potter isn't going to be there long-term and have down tools and can't be asked. and there's loads of them anyway, so who cares? We're just all having a nice, we're just all having a nice party. But Should the we... good thing, isn't his, his first game is Real Madrid, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Do you have a league game first? Um, I don't know. Well, this is great suspect, research, isn't it? I suspect they've got a league game <laughs> we're, first. We're doing great. Well, he's got Chelsea um, play at Wolves at the weekend. That's okay. it. So hopefully he does win that one. And then after that, he's got to be off to. Uh, I mean, basically, what I'm getting to is I really hope that Real Madrid Benzema just, dicks him just six nil. Mm. Yeah, so it's... Um, Obviously, Frank Lampard has essentially won the Champions League before as a manager, hasn't he? Because do you remember when he got sacked in, in two short... When he, when he couldn't do anything with that team because it was inexperienced and yeah, yeah, yeah. too many young players, too many new players that season was the thing, mm, wasn't it? Mm, so he, mm. no, no one could do anything with it apart from Tuchel who did come in and win the Champions League. Just came in and just won it like that. Like straight away. Yeah. I'm going to make my predictions now. So they play Wolves on Saturday. I think they will beat Wolves and everyone will be th- saying what a great uh, manager Frank Lampard is. Then they go to Real Madrid on the well, midweek. I think they'll lose 7-0 <laughs> there. Okay. And then the whole thing of like, oh, we brought him in to qualify for the Champions League by winning it. Done. Over. Finished. Then they're at home to uh, Graham Potter's old boys, Brighton. I think they lose that just for the, the whole... Uh, it's a, Potter can be proud of it. Deserby masterclass. And I hope Deserby, like, when it's 4-0 whips off his shirt and reveals like a this is for you Graham t-shirt and it's like bonding and then it's um, and then yeah and then Real Madrid come for the second leg but by that point so they'll do the second leg will be 3 or 4 nil. yeah and then Lampard's uh, I think you just fire him at that point because Dennis Wise to the end of the season yeah because there's no point in in really persisting from there on he's, what, um, it's done do you think that might be a, a real low point in Chelsea's uh, in Rory's Chelsea supporting well it's a heartbreaking tale, actually. Is this? So I put it in. It, it might upset a few people, but this is him. To do we need some sad music? Like, you know, you know, is it our mm. tune? The old radio feature. Do, 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 do we need to play that underneath it? Yeah, it's him talking about his low point as a Chelsea fan. Well, we, the low point is this season, but his previous one, which is oh, is it going to be heart wrenching? Dark. All right. Uh, parental advisory. Well, just just get the tissues at the ready. <laughs> the, the disparity between fans between players, between ownership, between everybody involved with the club has never been greater. I truly believe that this is as bad as it has ever been at Chelsea. I remember going to Chelsea with Rafael Benitez as our manager. I remember Sean Wright Phillips scoring a winner at Stamford Bridge in front of the shed end for Queen's Park Rangers. I felt like that was the lowest moment I was ever going to have as, Chelsea, as a Chelsea fan. I felt like that was it. And this year, with Graham Potter in charge... Losing at home to Southampton, the club just feeling in total disarray. I didn't think it could get any lower, but it did. But now we've resurrected. I mean, that, that game he, he's talking about there, 
Yep. I looked it up. Sounded bad, didn't it? Tom oh. Wright Phillips obviously played I for I could him. hear the emotion in his voice, that real sincere... It's coming back. It was yeah. in the 2012-13 season. A season in which they were holders of the European Cup. Yep. This is the, low, this is the lowest point ever. When the, So they were the win... The, the, they were officially the best team in Europe. Yes, they'd won that. They'd right. won that the year before under uh, Di Matteo had come in and won that. So they, they were holders of the Champions League. They went into that game against... QPR at home, you'd think probably not one in months, but no, they won four in a row. But going into that one, they were third in the league. They got to the FA Cup and League Cup semi final that year and they won the Europa League. Low point. Absolutely awful season. Yeah, and it's not even, that's not a generational thing. It's not like, because I can remember Chelsea, you know. Being, oh, they used to be properly shit. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it, it was before my time, actually, when they were in the second division and that uh, Tony Rigo was trying to bring them up again and Ken Bates. Um, was running at like Stamford Bridge, just had those cars behind, parked behind um, one goal, and they were pretty uh, mundane throughout the the nineties. But it's not even about not being old enough to remember that; it's about being so lacking empathy to the extent that you cannot imagine anything worse than that situation ever happening to you. And he really is somebody who just needs he needs some hard times. This boy, <laughs> and he just he needs to really discover what real. Hardship like wolves is about like yeah maybe you could, I mean uh, how, they're on the end of the conspiracy and the get down that- to Wal- Molyneux in Division Four in the mid nineties after Steve Bullard retired and all hope is lost and the ground is basically got one stand open and the rest of it's just grassy hills see how he would uh, cope then and also having to exist in Wolverhampton I <laughs> was uh, so much like if I do have I know we're about to. Uh, <laughs> be unkind perhaps about some Wolverhampton fans but always got to you know respect anybody who who actually lives there have you um, have you not realised though that the FA are conspiring to send them back to that to the grassy hills the one stand to the bottom reaches of the football pyramid for reasons nobody else seems to be able to mm. fathom because it's in the latest shambles you can't but, even spit in a man's face anymore let's, I mean, let, let's let Dazzling Dave break the news oh, okay so hey everyone, uh, really sad to be bringing you some breaking news tonight um, on the channel and that is that uh, Wolves forward Daniel Pedent has been charged by the Football Association uh, for spitting at Nottingham Forest's uh, Johnson. Did I edit that so it, so it, said it was <laughs> spitting at their Johnson? Yes I did. <laughs> Good luck. So I have questions. I chopped it off there just so it was chopped, chopped, off, the, it chopped off. off the Johnson. You went all Lorena Bebbit, Bobbit, yeah. even. This is maybe a uh, a side point as well. But was he really breaking that news? No, I no. think it was probably a FA statement that had been put out. Yeah, that's, what, that's what it was reading. Breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bless. I like Dazzling Dave. Let's not be mean to him. I know. I know. I like it. Sad news. I'm afraid the sad breaking news. The, the passing of nobody the, knows the, this. The dog yet. has unfortunately passed away. But no, it was somebody um, spit the dog. Spit the dog. Very good. Bob Carroll's reference there. Welcome to our American listeners who have just... <laughs> look up. Yeah, get on YouTube. Oh, look up Bob Carroll's and spit the dog and you will, uh, yeah. Hours of your life going to go there. So I was trying to find some some reaction to it on video and stuff. Dave was just basically reading the statement out. The other Talking Wolves thing that we had before didn't have any, any talk of it yet. But I did find some stuff on Twitter. Which was oh, always, always a good place. Sensible which, opinions, which yeah, was yeah. nice. So, yeah, yeah. Do, should we read some of these out? Well, in, in a Wolverhampton accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just corruption. I'll read this out. I'm not verbatim. I'm not. I'm not doing this wrong. Yep. Just to be clear, just corruption at FI down once in league. Simple as that. It's clear and obviously. <laughs> wow. Someone else says... Not uh, a fan of punctuation then in Wolverhampton. To be honest, I assumed he was mocking them for falling over at the slightest touch. Looks like you blew on him (laughs) to imply go down with a gust of wind. I do that all the time, you know, if you see somebody struggling in the wind, I go up and go... Mm. uh, Just to make the point... I do it a couple of times as well. There was no spitting from Powders. He was just (laughs) making a blowing movement, suggesting... He just took a blow to make the opponent fall down. Maybe so much today. He said they looked for 20 minutes, but could say now spitting. What and why is the FI searching for evidence that doesn't exist? Last one. If he had spat on his... <laughs> if he had spat on his, Johnson, immediate response... I think that's a him. It's supposed to be a him, isn't it? Oh, okay. If he'd spat on his Johnson, immediate response <laughs> would have been to grab opponents, not run off. Blue him to indicate he could blow him over. Is he the big bad wolf, ironically enough? I mean, he definitely tries to spit at him. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'll, he's rubbish at spitting, yeah, just because he's got a dry mouth doesn't mean he should get away with it. I have some. I'm remembering now as they go through this conspiracy stuff and the 20 minutes that the match of the day spent, uh, well, it actually says BBC MOD, so it's the BBC Ministry of Defence. <laughs> but um, I spent quite a long time looking through uh, Leeds versus Port Vale full match coverage when Michael Brown accused Samu Saiz of spitting. Mm. He was one of his Port Vale players. One, because I won't have that from Port Vale, because Port Vale, um, you know, we don't even, if we're talking about corruption... Shouldn't even be in the league because they uh, they stole it. Didn't they? Yeah, they they lobbied behind the scenes to take Leeds City's place in 1919 and should never have been allowed uh, to get away with that. And it's still new justice that they are in the football league. 104 now, years later. Yep. Yeah, if they are playing this weekend, they shouldn't be. So there's that. There also, it was like it was clearly said that whichever the player was said they gave a minute and they said which player he'd spat at. And you could, I went through all the footage and established that um, he hadn't been within 10 yards of that player. During the whole, there was about there was a five minute window that they gave before half time, and I extended it, and he just didn't go near him. So there was no evidence of the the solution was to that. There was no evidence I could find that Samuel Saez had been anywhere near this player during the the time when he was supposed to have spat at him. So I think that's pretty conclusive. Yep. However, in this case, we've got a video of him spitting at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I was quite justified in in what I was doing then. That's, and then, that's that to me, Moscow. Sorry, I was going to say that feels persuasive. Yeah. And then the other occasion, obviously because Saiz then did get done for spitting at a Newport player. And what I remember about that is Leeds players, is Leeds fans um, seeing that. And I don't think that actually is caught on camera. You see the player with something on his shirt afterwards, but there is not video of Flob leaving mouth no. and hitting shirt. But there was, it was absolutely blatantly obvious what had happened. There was still, um, I think it was a little unjust what happened to Saiz because Newport scored and the the players as they were celebrating pushed Saiz over as they were running back to restart the game. And that was uncalled for and he got up. But then after that, he spat at them and there's really no coming back from that. So I felt he'd been a little bit hard done to, but six game, was it a six game ban or a yeah. six week ban? Six game. Six game ban was probably, yeah, fair. So I don't know what the fucking problem is. Well, I know the you do know is, what it is because they're mad. Yeah, it's, it's all insane. Um, <laughs> and um, have you have you realised that the conspiracy is actually it's a very subtle conspiracy? I was looking through some of the tweets about this, and VAR didn't intervene, which I think confused a lot of people because VAR obviously looks looks mm. at everything. And the panel, this is I think this is the first time that the disciplinary panel has been put together to deal with it. Uh, when VAR have looked at it and not intervened. So you've got VAR, which is looking for a clear and obvious error. They weren't happy that it cleared that threshold. Wolves fans are pointing out that the uh, the conviction by the FA disciplinary panel is only on the balance of probabilities, okay, rather than a clear and obvious error. So the, the, the bar, the evidence is lower, mm. and they're saying that's why they're doing it. Well, I mean, that sounds like a reasonable way of dealing with it. That's not a conspiracy. That's just dealing with it correctly of saying like we can't... Don't shoot the messenger, champ. <laughs> oh, no, no, absolutely. I'm speaking to the Wolves fans who are not listening. <laughs> um, and if uh, they are, fucking grow up. I hope they enjoyed the accents. The, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if that was Birmingham Wolves, West Brom. That's a fine way to deal with it, to say, oh, well, we can't really work out what's uh, gone on here to an extent that we're happy to send him off in the game. But we know that a panel can look at it later. So if he needs punishing, he'll be punished later. And fine. If- I mean, if the conspiracy was really there, they'd have surely sent him off having looked at VAR. And, but then what's the, how far does this conspiracy go back? Has somebody been on at him for weeks telling him all about, like, oh, you know what, the, the real big thing is if uh, is about blowing players over. Everybody's mm. always... Oh, it's always... It, it's always, whenever a player goes uh, down on a football pitch, you can't move for other players going around going, I could just <laughs> blow you over. <laughs> Every single one of them does it. It's all the time. Could it be that the? I mean, you've only I've only seen the footage from one angle as well. Could it be that it's a deep fake and they're all played by actors and they've superimposed mm. the faces on afterwards? Yeah, makes you think. Don't a- it? AI and that. I did actually. It'd be easy done. Massive apologies to whoever it was that tweeted this, but I saw it earlier on and laughed and thought I must remember to say that. Somebody described Wolves fans as the right said Fred of, <laughs> of football fans. So let's, should we go from madness to sadness? Quickly then, yeah, um, and, some, and some Wolves fans. This is two blokes on the watch along. Uh, West Ham losing five one to Newcastle. <laughs> 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 
just can't help but laugh. Fuck it. Stupid team. Five one. Stupid team. Guys, what the hell are you thinking, man? Stupid team. He's got to. Oh, I swear to God, he's got to go. He's got to go. Five. Get him out of this fucking club. Get him out! <laughs> it's The Exorcist 3, isn't it? One Different of approaches there. One of them just laughing at it. The other one. Did you see chewing, those? chewing his own teeth. Possessed by a demon. Did you see those goals? Yeah, they were quite funny, weren't they? I don't the, know what. Their defence was... Because the, some of the other clips I was hearing from West Ham, I didn't watch the game um, in its entirety, but we're saying, actually, we're, we played pretty well today. We, were, we made some mistakes at the back, but overall the performance mm. was, was pretty good. But Jesus, the defending... Yeah, just to revisit an earlier theme, I don't know what the hell David Moyes is supposed to do to stop that. <laughs> I don't know if, if sacking him is the solution to a, just a defender just falling over in the box. Here, have the ball, and then Fabianski just cushioning it on his thigh so to set up a striker. It's just like, I don't think David Moyes put those in his like, pretty much team. So, you know, you know it'll be a good idea, lads. Do this. <laughs> uh, what a blow. And finally then, let's finish with some heartbreak that may lead to a Leeds United-related conclusion. This is Leicester who have booted Brendan Rodgers. And what's the angle here then, Michael? I don't know if anyone saw their game, but Leicester were 2-1 down. Phil scored about the 87th, 88th minute, something like that. But Leicester got a last-minute penalty. Then it wasn't a penalty. So this is Lee Chappie, who's the guy, you probably see him, is the Jamie Vardy lookalike, from Le- but also he's a Leicester fan. So he was doing a watch-along. It's, it's chopped down as this to obviously um, account for the t- length of time VAR takes, but this is him winning a penalty, losing a penalty, and slightly losing the will to live by the end of the clip. I think it might be given. I think they're going to be looking at a pen, you know. That's got to be a pen. That's a pen. That's got to be a pen. That's got to be a pen. I don't know. I don't think he's going to give that. For me, I don't think he's going to give that. My heart's sinking. No one knows. They're still looking. I don't think they're going to give that, and Leicester will lose. Sorry, I don't. I wouldn't give that as a pen. It's not a pen. <sighs> we are in trouble, guys. Oh, he's pleading. This is a pen, isn't it? Yeah, you show me one. Though. I think this is, this is a pen. If you thought you were in trouble before, bring us the breaking news, Dan. Well, this yeah. is breaking news, Dazzling Dave. This is how it's done. Well, I mean, obviously, this will be coming uh, out like hours after this evening. Yeah, but still. I found this is just, we'll delay the breaking news. We'll tease the listener. I found a. Um, they know anyway. I found a podcast um, <laughs> recently that is uh, the latest news done as Morse code. And it does, you can get uh, different speeds of like how many words per minute of Morse code you can listen to. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Well, I've got a clue because I don't understand uh, Morse code and instinctively. Well, will, and it, will it, it be dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot from Leicester? That's what I ask you. Well, it could be. Well, what are they doing? They need a manager, I uh, hear. They are talking to chap by the name of Marsh. He's held talks with Leicester over their managerial mm. vacancy. Good luck. What time did talks begin? Uh, it was tweeted 17 minutes ago, so... You tweeted about 3pm on Good Friday. Okay. So, yeah, I'm trying to do a joke about it. they probably started talks at nine and he's not shut up yet. Right. That's the, that's the joke. That's the joke. He's, only got, he's only got yeah. 30 seconds left to run through his tactical plans, which thankfully yeah. is plenty of time, etc., etc. But yeah, he, the, looking at the odds, it looks to be happening. He The longest odds you can get on at the moment are four to five. Second favourite, Rafa Benitez, nine to one. Mm. Do we want him to get that job? I think I do. I think now... Um, because when who was our we didn't have a manager um, when he was being linked to Southampton Gracia was the day mm. before he was confirmed that he could take over so it, everything was a bit um, that was going to be quite chaotic if he came back with Southampton for that game now we've got Javi Gracia and we're staying up and winning every match so it's pretty simple Leicester are coming to Welland Road aren't they mm-hmm. on the in like a month by which time yeah, so we, we beat Palace, beat Liverpool, uh, beat Fulham, and then it's Leicester next, and we should be safe with those nine points, but we can just add another nine by beating Leicester. But yeah, being able to welcome him mm-hmm. to Ellen Road with his other team, with his new team, with confidence that we might not have had because of the timing of the Southampton fixture, 
makes me think, yeah, bring it on. Let's uh, let's make his um, his evening miserable. And also, I mean, Leicester's best players are Harvey Barnes, who's a wide player. <laughs> so he's going to be completely nullified. And the other good player is, is Madison, who obviously yeah. will be in the most crowded area of the pitch now. So all, all of his creative stuff that he likes to do in a bit of space... Nope. I mean, Who, Harvey, who's that? Who's that still on your toes? It's Harvey Barnes. Normally, I would worry about Harvey Barnes because he scores against us every single bloody, and they're always good goals. He's mm. he's a good player. It's annoying, but yeah, if that happens, don't worry about it. <laughs> Not bothered. <laughs> well, we will watch with interest, and our paths may yet cross again. And possibly amusement. Well. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, shall nah, we? Nah, fuck it. <laughs> which, taking them down. At which comedic high point we will leave propaganda for this time and we'll have more in the wake of Palace and hopefully some more misery from beneath us in the table. And we'll be back. What we got this week then? So uh, the Philhay Monday Club with that exclusive offer for Levi's solicitors. Um, have a look at that in your feed Monday after Palace and we'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 365 day returns.